0: in my recovery, I, I just went out and started running. Um, uh, I think that's the the beautiful part of running, right? Like it's so accessible to to so many people. You don't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to have any level of fitness. Just grab a pair of running shoes, and go out and, and run around the block, right? Like, um, so so for me, it was it was so important, and it helped because it helped slow my mind down, right? It tired my body out, which was great. Um, which didn't take much at the time cause I was pretty unhealthy, but, uh, so yeah, it tired my body out and, but it also slowed my mind down a bit. Right. So it gave me that little bit of a, a reprieve from that, that constant, um, circular thinking about, about drinking and, and, and my life at the time.
1: Welcome to the New Leaf Running Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Canning, and that was Andrew Davies. At the core of it, this is a deep conversation around mental health. First and foremost, I want to thank Andrew for having the courage to share his story of addiction, recovery, and his struggles with alcoholism and drug abuse. It's so important that these conversations are shared and we have them so that anyone struggling knows that they're not alone. Andrew started his relationship with alcohol at a very young age because he never felt comfortable in his own skin. And this eventually cost him everything, his wife and ultimately almost his life. After Andrew hit rock bottom, he knew that he drastically needed to change his life During his recovery, he found running as a way to keep his mind occupied and focused on something other than not drinking. Little did he know that running and mindfulness would turn into a whole new passion and give him a completely new outlook on life. I first met Andrew at North End Runners one Wednesday night, and we immediately hit it off. Up until this conversation, I never knew of his struggles with recovery and mental health. But if one thing, this conversation truly reminds me that you should always be kind to those that you meet. Make an effort to say hi and connect with people so that they know they matter. Because... Under it all, you never know what someone is going through, and your small act of kindness could mean so much to them, and so much more than you ever think that it could. So without further ado, here's today's conversation. Hey Andrew, how's it going dude? Thanks so much for, for joining me here today.
0: Hey, my pleasure. It's great to see you. It's been uh... Yeah, it's just fun to, to to get a chance to to chat and connect with the Nova Scotia running community again. Awesome, man! And happy uh, Valentine's
1: Day! So, thanks for sharing this very bromantic uh, evening with me. We're having a bit of a date night here. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, you could we can both thank my girlfriend for being so understanding. She's uh, she's out with the dog right now, and we're going to make some dinner later. So.
1: Yeah, awesome. I'm getting hit with a little bit of a double whammy too. It's Valentine's Day and uh, Amanda's birthday is coming up too, so it's all sort of wrapped into this this weekend.
0: <laughs> well, enjoy the big hitter. Go out and, and hit a trail and and uh, spend some time together.
1: Yeah, we actually we had actually a really nice afternoon down um, down at our new place. Um, it kind of we went to snowshoeing this morning. We met up with um, Wilco. I don't know if you know Wilco. Uh, um, met up with him and his girlfriend, did a bit of snowshoeing. And then uh, Amanda's family came up after. And we sort of spent the, the afternoon, it was celebrating Amanda's birthday, but the byproduct of that is the lake was frozen. So you were able to chop down a few trees onto the lake because we wouldn't have been able to do that with the lake not frozen so we were having a big bonfire and and the the nephews like the the little kids were loving it but the whole purpose of it was to get rid of all the brush <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we implied it just a a little bit of, of child labor to help carry some sticks back to the,
0: the fire that's awesome that sounds like a blast yeah i heard about it in one of your other podcasts you guys are uh are working on a new place eh? so that sounds exciting yeah, man, we're,
1: we're pumped on it. It's been been slow going. It's yeah. been a, a bit of a project to get there. But my saying along the whole way, and Amanda gets mad at me for saying it because it never changes, is we're closer today to moving in than we have ever been.
0: <laughs> that's a great way to look at it, right? Just keep moving forward. Just you keep moving to, forward. You get to the goal.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good motto for life, right?
0: Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, man. So, it's been a while since we've actually seen each other in in person, like you were back a bit around um two thousand and nineteen summer like you were you were back in Halifax around then, right? i think you I think I remember you being around for the around the capes one hundred yeah
0: yeah, I was actually I got to volunteer at one of the aid stations uh that that kind of year i was I was coming back from a deployment. Um, didn't get to do much training, had to go away for another couple months, actually kind of tied into, uh, uh into what we can talk about later on. But, but, uh, all I'd say, yeah, I was, I was hoping to run it. I uh, wasn't able to, and, uh, and then Jody got me in to do some, to work at an aid station, which was a blast. I'd never done it from that perspective, man. It was so much fun. Um, just seeing all the runners. I
1: think I actually remember seeing, were you back on the, the Eatonville road? yeah that's where you were yeah i remember being really surprised to see you back there and it was (laughs) you lifted my spirits up that's for sure it was (laughs) a bit of a distraction it was a bit of effort to not stay there too long and catch up with you
0: (laughs) yeah no it was so much fun just to like a different perspective to crack jokes with people while they're running seeing everyone coming in having that like you know that stoic face that that you have at that point i think you're about 50 kilometers in at that point and uh, yeah, to just be able to welcome everyone with a smile and a handful of MMs was was pretty fun. I bet there
1: was a bit of a difference between sort of the the level. I don't know the, I want to say like the level of coherence or the the level of somebody's mood as they were rolling in. Like you probably got like the full spectrum coming in. You probably got people that were all happy. And then you probably got people on the other end of the, the spectrum that were actually in a pretty big world of hurt by the time they were rolling in to
0: 50k. It, it was an interesting perspective, right? Cause you see the people who, who were leading the pack and, and, you know, just like fit, finely tuned athletes coming in good spirits, but, but clearly kind of focused on the, on, on the race, um, that middle chunk were coming in. And that was a mix between like just big smiles and ready to laugh. And we're just happy to, to let, you know, crush food that you see at an aid station. And then also a few mixed in, there were just people who were just, just their mind was in control and they were just suffering and then at the end you see these people who are just so happy-go-lucky and just like I don't care I'm going to get through it and just haven't and that, that to me was just it was fun to see the stages from the beginning to end of all the people
1: awesome so I've been paying a little bit of attention I guess that's where I get most of my my news these days um and I just remember when you're away on some of these deployments with with the Navy, you just kind of get a little bit of the the highlight reels, like Andrew's in Croatia or Andrew's <laughs> at the pyramids, where you get to, you get to see some pretty amazing places uh, when you're away on deployment. And I definitely want to get into some some of that, but um, I guess. Before we do get into all of that, I think where, where most things tend to start off and where, where I guess where most good stories start is, is at the beginning. And I know from just knowing a little bit of your story, you've struggled a bit with some, some darkness in your earlier years. And let's just start off like right there in it and tell me about what life was like before running came in the picture.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really the, the crux of being here, right? Like I'm certainly not the fastest runner in the world Um people have certainly run further distances, but, um, running for me was just this, it was, it became foundational in my, my recovery from alcoholism and drug addiction. And, uh, yeah, to really, to really bring it back. I mean, not to, to, to belabor the whole story, but you know, I started drinking very early, um, in uh In my life, and it was it really just became that you know over the years now that i that i've I've been in recovery and uh and and fought for for sobriety i've thought back in my whole life waiting looking for that kind of catalyst moment that traumatic moment and sure there were there were experiences you know there was there was there was some abuse when I was a younger kid uh with some people in the neighborhood. Um, and I always looked at these, these kind of things. Um, the reality was when I think back, um, my whole life, I can, you know, I, I was always a very self-conscious person. I was always a very fearful person. Um, I, I was never comfortable, never comfortable in a group, never comfortable with myself. Um, when, when I found alcohol, it just gave me that, that, that hit, that dopamine hit that I needed to, uh to feel comfortable in my own skin. So at a very early age, um, I, I started drinking because it, it gave me that comfort whenever I felt uncomfortable. Um, so that was really it. So, I mean, it was, it was early, it was all through my teens. I was a, I was a drinker, um, started using drugs uh, and then all through my twenties, it was the same thing. You know, it was, it was decades of, of just drinking and, and uh, drinking and drugging and, and, Living a very you know now I can look back and, and see it was a very kind of um, it was a very self-serving life you know it was whenever I felt uncomfortable, I reached for a bottle whenever I didn't want to do something I reached for a bottle whenever I couldn't understand the world around me I, I reached for a bottle and uh, that's that's that was my life um, and it wasn't until my my thirties you know i was uh, I got married when I was thirty joined the military um and uh it was about you know five years into my marriage where where my wife left me it was and this was where my body was just falling apart i was you know emotionally kind of emotionally spiritually bankrupt um and and that's that was really when i hit rock bottom you know just taking a look around and uh looking around my life and kind of all the wreckage that was uh, as a result and, um, so yeah, I remember, I remember having that moment where, where rock bottom, where I kind of looked around and just said, uh, are you, are you going to carry on this path? And, and the inevitability is you're, you're going to die, or are you going to do whatever you can to, to, to get better? And, you know, at that moment I, I decided to do whatever I could.
1: Was there like one in particular, like moment that you can remember that was this sort of rock bottom thing or was it just like this cumulation over a thing over a a few months it's just sort of kept kept building where you came to terms with with something's got to change like how how did that come about for you
0: um i'd say it was it was really uh you know i'd love to say it was it was rock bottom what it was you know bounce and skip a couple times you know along the bottom um but, uh, but the reality was i mean from from that day, first day, I took a drink and and all of a sudden felt that confidence that the you know the inhibitions disappear that that everyone gets when they have a drink well, that wired my brain into thinking that that 's what I needed to get that, and uh, eventually, you get a point where it doesn 't work anymore um, and i was I was drinking every day all day, um, I was so physically unhealthy. I was living a life where I was just kind of serving myself. I was dishonest. So my wife had left me. I was, you know, I had all these things. And and to say there was a moment, I mean, I was I was, you know, I was suffering from some pretty bad depression, and and a few suicide attempts, and and just didn't want to live anymore. That that's really it. Like I just didn't want to live. Yeah.
1: That so. Is Heavy stuff, man.
0: Yeah. I appreciate appreciate
1: you sharing that.
0: Well, I I think it's good. I mean, because the reality is, I think a lot of people, certainly a lot of friends, certainly you, a lot of the people I've met in in the running community, I'm very grateful for this, that they didn't know me back then. Um, but that's, uh, that's, that's what life was like. And that's, that's the beauty of getting a chance to chat with you. Cause I can tell you that from a different perspective, you know, we have all these runners in the community. Um, I've listened to all your podcasts, you know, you hear the, the accomplishments that, that people have, the dedication they put to training. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, we can give a little different perspective of what running can do for someone. Cause it was foundational in my recovery. It was, it was just absolutely, uh, you know, uh, uh, an integral component that helped kept me, keep me sober in the early days. Definitely
1: want to get, get more into that, but I want to try and dig a bit more into this, uh, beginning story first, because mm-hmm. I think there's a fair amount to, to unpack here. And if you're uncomfortable with, with any of it, then that that's totally okay.
0: No, man, I'm an open book. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> All right, man. So at what point like how did the the navy come into this was this like a part of you like recognizing that you needed to get straightened out or was this just the job then you you found it and you were able to get a job with the navy or how how did that sort of come
0: into to your orbit um yeah it's you know what it's it's a term that I've come to learn in in the recovery world of the, you know we call it the geographic cure um, at the time I was living in Toronto, I was still hanging out with all my buddies from high school. Um, and all we did was party. All we did was drink. All we did was use drugs. And, uh, um, I knew I always felt different. Like I, I was never doing it for the, just the, the party or the, the exhilaration of going out and having fun. For me, it was, I needed it to, to kind of, um, to, to be able to go out, to be able to socialize, to be able to connect with anyone, what I thought was connecting with people. Um, and uh so I remember thinking like oh you know I'm I I can't keep doing this something's got to change right and uh but but still having the the brain of an addict um I didn't want to change my life that much I still wanted my crutch my 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 drink to help me get through the day um so it was I had to move cities you know it was always change jobs it was change relationships it was change city um and and you know all through my 20s I had done that um and, but you uh, kept kind of avoiding the, the root of the, the problem
1: because that problem just kept following you every time you went. Like maybe things were different for a little while when you moved there, right? But it, eventually that that self just comes back out, right? Because you haven't confronted confronted those demons.
0: Yeah. And and that's it, right? You you're just running away from from one problem. You're, you know, it's that whack-a-mole, right? You're hitting it, but it's popping up somewhere else. Um, so when I did that and I, I was living in Toronto, um, and and I I remember like I've got a cousin who's who's in the army and and I always admired the career he had. And and my dad was a police officer. I was kind of admired that that um that that career choice that that people you know serve in the community or the country. Um so I remember going into a recruiting center and and seeing what they had, and they uh, you know, the guy with my education background, I I was able to to join the Navy. He said they were needing people right away. Um, I didn't even think what the job was. I didn't even know if I'd like it. I was just like, sign me up, Dude, done, done, um, and uh, and yeah. So I, I signed on the dotted line. Within a couple months, I was I was you know flown off to to BC for for basic training. So and I imagine that is probably a bit of a double edged sword in
1: in the Navy though, right? Because you you're probably you're getting a lot of structure in in one regard, right? Like you're being told what to do, how to train and and all that stuff. I'm going through the training camp, but the guys in the Navy probably also like to, to let loose. Right. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was like an alcoholic found the Navy or the Navy found the alcoholic. I don't know which one it was, but like, it was, it was certainly a, a, a lifestyle, which, you know, great lifestyle. Um, you know, amazing people. So I worked for some some incredible leaders that, that the, what I've experienced in that job, you know, that like I've always, you know, craved adventure as well. That's why I was I was another reason I was drawn to the military. And as you kind of alluded to with some of deployments, like some of the stuff I've had a chance to see. So there's so much reward from that career. Um, but it also is you're right, like you, you let loose a lot, right? You you really do kind of you know blow off some steam and Kind of a, a tradition in the Navy, which I appreciated the most was the, you know, we call it a good run ashore when you go in for a port visit. <laughs> just, you know, you go out and you, you just blow your brains out for a couple of days. And then, but again, it was kind of like what I, I see with most people who can have a, a responsible um, uh, appreciation for alcohol. For me, it was you know, go blow my brains out and then spend the next couple of weeks ridden with guilt and shame and and feeling bad about myself. Um, So it was, it, it just, it was always such a different, you know, I didn't get that, that reward, that, that feeling of reward from, from doing it like everyone else might.
1: Was it ever something that kind of crept in and was sort of inhibiting your like day-to-day function or was it something that was just kind of, eroding away like at you in in the background like you just kind of kept a bit hidden maybe people like in your day-to-day don't really know what's going on but you're you're constantly grabbing that drink like how did that how did that work for you
0: and looking back now you know I've I'm grateful for the the opportunity to have the awareness for what life was really like like it because if you ask me in my mind that world that i had created in my mind um, that's how I made sense of the world around me right so, so as far as I was concerned, everything was kind of fine. You drink and you're social, you drink and you, you laugh and it allows me to to, to you know say a joke or allowed me to speak up in a meeting. it, it gave me my voice, right but it, it was never real um, And uh, so I remember when I did get sober I was very uh, I didn't realize how kind of private, I was because a lot of people would, did say, really, I I would have had no idea. Uh, I mean, if you ask my ex-wife, she would know she, she got to see that, you know, behind the curtain because I would go home every day. So she would see the, 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 you know, the daily drinking, the waking up to have a drink, the, 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 you know, just sitting around for three days in sweatpants drinking. Like she saw that side of it, whereas everyone else might've seen the, you know, go and have a few beers at the pub after work and, and have fun. Uh, they didn't see what happened afterwards. Um, yeah, because I think that that can be hard unless you really
1: know somebody to to pick up on, right? Like, how do you know that somebody needs needs help in a situation like that? Because I think, like you were saying, I think to somebody that just sees you grabbing a couple of beers after work, and maybe that's a couple of times a week, but that's that's not going to be on anybody's radar, right? Like that's just acceptable behavior these days.
0: Yeah, it can be, and and then that's you know that's the uh, the the culture that comes with it. I know, but yeah, looking back on on my history with it, I know that it was you know I can't I don't have a safe relationship with alcohol. That's that's for sure. Um, I never used it for that that kind of social lubricant. I used it for the the ability to 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 kind of get through the day. So at at home, I guess you said yeah,
1: you know, your your wife left you was it ultimately due to the due to the drinking and just not being able to get that under control or were you sort of working on things at that time and just kind of bouncing around a little bit like how did how did that transpire
0: yeah you know I, again like it's 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 easy for me to say like she left me because she didn't want to see me die or and that and i've said that in the past but the reality is, you know, we can, we can be honest here. I was, I was, I was not a very good person back then. Um, And I can say that now because I've had the benefit of some recovery and sobriety where I've, I've made amends to her, you know, I've, I've kind of acknowledged the things that I've done, but you know, it, it, the writing was on the wall for us. And, and uh, yeah, like that was just such a, it, it was just such a different time in my life where unfortunately she had to, to, to come along for the ride, you know? So.
1: Were you still still worth with her like like that one of those first times where you tried to to take your own life or did that come
0: come afterwards? Um, she had uh, yes and no. She we, I mean we were still married but we were separated. She was off one night when I had one of the, the the more severe attempts where where I had to go to the hospital and she was actually the one who called the police and and had them come to my house to pick me up and and she wound up talking with my parent that night. Um, and th- th- the reality was that was the night, like I was, I was struggling a lot with the, with the, the separation. I was struggling a lot with the divorce. I was struggling. I was, it was just a, a chaotic time. And, uh, when there's, you know, legitimate chaos around you and you got the mind of a, an active alcoholic and addict, um, it's not a recipe for, for handling situations very, very positively and, and clearly. So, so yeah, she was, she, she, that was really the time when, when we, Uh, I had to acknowledge that it was over and I had to shift and, and, you know, allocate all the bandwidth I had capable or left with me to, to focus on recovery. So um, that was really the, the, that right there was in, if I look back on my life, that was the catalyst for me to, to really kind of take recovery seriously and know that I needed to do it. If I was going to, if I was going to survive, if I was going to live. That's powerful, man. Uh, That is powerful. Mm. So what was your first,
1: yeah. what is your, what was your first step? Like, you, you know, you need to do something, things need to change. How did you, how did you take that first step to, to trying to get into recovery?
0: Um, Well, I, I, to be honest, I just really started reaching out to people. Um, I, at that point, it kind of, you know, I was always someone who kept people at arm's distance. So my, my, even my parents, when when the, um, when all this was happening at this point in my life, um, they got a phone call like two or three in the morning, letting them know where I was in the hospital, and they just kind of shook their head. They didn't really, they didn't, they didn't know anything was really wrong. Um, so that was kind of again a, a, a catalyst to. to I really have to get honest, right. I have to, I have to start sharing and letting people know that I was, I was hurting, I was suffering. I was, I needed help. I couldn't do this by myself. So, so there was that, you know, and they, and they were so supportive and they were there for me. And, um, and, you know, I started going to, to, to meetings, started going to to 12 step meetings, which has been a, a, an incredible part of my life. Um, and, and, And that was really it, just opening up, you know, no longer was I able to live in my own head where I thought I was all by myself and I was unique and no one else understood what was going on. I realized that a million people have done the same things I've done. And uh, the second I was able to open my mouth finally and and share what was really going on, that's uh, that's, that's when that recovery, that's when that awakening started.
1: And I think that's so important because when you're all bottled up and you're keeping all of that to yourself, that's like exactly what you said. No one else in the world understands how you feel right now. And you're feeling this is never going to end. You're going to feel like this forever. But then once you get that courage up to, to face it and share, then you realize that you do have a lot of love and support in your life and they're going to stand there with you and that you're really important to those people, right?
0: Yeah. It's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing experience, right? Like I I don't think there's anyone who's, who's been to a 12 step meeting who didn't go to their first one feeling they were by themselves, first of all, and second of all, feeling very, very sad and that their life was over, um, you know, that they had made a complete wreck of it um and then gone there and seen people who were jovial and laughing and sharing and and just connecting with each other on a level that was that is just impossible when you're when you're an active alcoholic um so it's kind of that that beautiful moment where you can you can look back and go when you see a newcomer in the room you're like i was like that don't worry you're you know we're we're here we're all here for each other yeah, i think it's so powerful to
1: be able to see somebody Like, see somebody that you can relate to that has made it out of the darkness. And I think that's got to be so
0: powerful yeah you you just break out you realize you're not alone you you're not the first person to do that you're not the first person to get it you know whose whose wife or spouse left them you're not the first person to lose a job because of your drinking or get a dui um all these things right like uh, you you realize there's people there and once you're all you have to do is be willing to to open up just a little bit and uh and and you know people come rushing for sure so did you
1: end up like so the the 12 step is what helped you get back like the that program or is there anything else that you had to sort of weave weave in and this probably is where running starts to come into the picture a little bit but so let's yeah so why don't we we go from transition there how does running come into the picture and how does that merge in with with your recovery and and 12 step
0: yeah, for sure. I think that's a good opportunity to start talking about running. This is a running podcast. After all, we got to, we got to remember the, the running community because that's really the way it was. Right. And, and all that was the catalyst for change. Um, 12 step programs have been, you know, uh, an integral part of my life. Um, that was, that was really foundational in my recovery. That's where I got sober. That's where I've got recovery. That's where I, I still spend a lot of my time. Um, uh, I will say for anyone who's suffering I, that it doesn't hold a, a monopoly on recovery, right. Whatever it can get people sober. Um, because the reality is that, that in those meetings, it's the same as, you know, I also went to, you know, my work has been very supportive and there's, there's rehab programs at the um, at the base hospital up at Staticona, which I've gone to and, you know, um, psychiatrists, and therapists and all the things that you need. Right. So all these things were, were, Kind of each each had a a, a string in in my recovery, um, but it certainly was. That's where we'll talk about running, like we said, and and because that's really where it comes into my life. You know, um, we we can keep going down the, the, the recovery <laughs> rabbit
1: hole too, man. We we get all the time. I don't need to steer it in any direction, but it just seemed like a good good point to to segue. But i I'm, I'm good to keep going if you want to keep going on that.
0: No, no, no. Because it's, it's a great point because running really is, is, uh, uh, an analog for, for my recovery. Um, I remember when I, when I was getting sober now, so all of a sudden, you know, you wake up one day, you're like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can to get sober. And, um, you know, time just slows down. <laughs> so that clock just starts ticking a lot slower, right? And you're left with that crazy monkey brain, um, unhealthy mind was racing, um, you know, every second of the day is just like, you know, don't drink, just don't drink, don't drink. Okay. If you don't drink, you'll be fine. And eventually your body, your mind gets tired of that. It's like any other muscle, right? Just you, you wear it out. Um, if you just keep saying that over and over again. Um, so early in my recovery, I, I just went out and started running. Um, uh, I think that's the, the beautiful part of running, right? Like it's so accessible to, to so many people. You don't have to be, um, you know, you don't have to have any level of fitness, just grab a pair of running shoes, go out and, and run around the block. Right. Like, um, so, so for me, it was, it was so important and it helped because it helped slow my mind down. Right. It tired my body out, which was great. Um, which didn't take much at the time. Cause I was pretty unhealthy, but Uh, so yeah, it tired my body out and, but it also slowed my mind down a bit. Right. So it gave me that little bit of a a reprieve from that, that constant, um, circular thinking about, about drinking and, 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 and my life at the time. So yeah, I just, I just started running. And I mean, I was even still smoking at the time. Like I just needed to move. (laughs) Like I just needed to move my body and, and, uh, it just became this, this feeling of all of a sudden, you know, pushing these, these small little, Um, uh, you know, pushing the envelope just a little more every time, right? Like running five kilometers, running, running six and running, running when it gets a little colder out, running when you're uncomfortable. Um, And it just kind of, it followed all these little markers along in my recovery too, you know, one month sober, two months sober. And then all of a sudden you're going like, I'm running 5k and I haven't had a drink in six months. Like I haven't done that since I was, you know, like 11 years old. Um, So it's, it it just, it just, the two of them were so aligned from, from day one of my recovery and uh, that it, it truly is just an analog for, for, for my recovery. I was running was there from the beginning. Um, and it just felt so good when your body starts getting healthier, you know, when you can, you know, you start getting a little more confidence, your brain starts to clear. And, uh, so yeah, it was, it was just this, this experience where I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting so much from this. I think it totally. And I think it's just having that thing that that's
1: actually physically tangible that you can, you can actually monitor and, and see progress and it doesn't always have to be something that's in in the background and something to do with what you're mentally struggling to to overcome it just helps to add a little bit of context to that whole process right because it's something that you can go out and you have a barometer for how you're doing right cuz your your yep. body is working better you're you're feeling better and you're able to actually feel that that progress instead of this imaginary thing of just Trying to every day not not take a drink, so I could definitely s- start to see how that can that can play a role. And
0: yeah, and that's and that's it. And I even say like it's funny you use the term barometer. Like I use it as as a barometer for my recovery now. Like that's that's kind of what I say in my head where where when I'm getting squirrely, when I'm getting uh, you know a little little too much into my own head instead of instead of getting out of of uh, getting out of my own head and sharing with other people. Um, Sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, just, just go grab your shoes, go for a run, you know, and just, just get out. And like, I loved it in Halifax when, when every week we, we would get together on a Wednesday night, you know, sometimes um, having that accountability with the group of, of knowing that, you know, not everyone may have known what was going on in my head at the time, but they also don't know how important they were for me. Um, just knowing that, that every Wednesday night we could, we can meet up at the, at the North End Brewery and go for a run yeah and that's actually where
1: we first met right north end runners yeah yeah,
0: it was yeah yeah that was uh um i think that was that was a big part of in in that progression of running for me because running became this like i just went out and ran by myself um and i was getting so much from it and i'm like i love this and then but uh, but i knew i there was something missing and and again it was it was that that social aspect that connection with other people um Uh, And, and I just knew, like, it just seemed like the right group, man, like that, that, that North End Runners, like they don't, you know, there's two distances, it's so accessible, they make it, they make it open for everyone. And it's just cool people. Like, I remember we connected, I think we were the first or second time I went out. And I was just like, yeah, man, here's this, here's this soft spoken, humble guy who, (laughs) you know, just, just you know, digs running and we were just chatting about running and chatting about, about Halifax, I think. And, and, and all, you know, it was, it was just that, that welcoming environment. Uh, and it was such a huge part of, of recovery. So again, yeah, I don't think anyone really knew what was going on, but, but you guys were so huge at the time for me. That's amazing, man. And I say, that's not like,
1: I don't, remember any inkling of that when when i met you 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 seem like a very nice down-to-earth guy that also liked talking about running so we just kind (laughs) of hit things off and that i think that could be something that's really great about that group too is that i don't think anybody's really going to try and and push buttons or dig into to too much of of anything really if you don't bring something up like nobody's going to to bother you too much about anything that people are just there to run and that's yeah and it's something I always appreciated too is like nobody was ever asking me what I did for a living like because I often found work very stressful and I was using my running as sort of an outlet for that right mm-hmm. and I always found in other circles of friends like all the conversations that you would have would revolve around work so that just brought all that anxiety back for me but going to the run group became like this safe space where I could talk to humans that didn't care about work right
0: and and that was actually one of the things I dug about you and and I remember why we I remember connecting with you um, really from the beginning because uh, I, 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 I saw a new leaf right I remember seeing it right from from day one and I'm like here's this guy who's you know, he's he's building this business, and I, I didn't really know fully what it was. I'm like, oh, he's digging coaching, and he's getting into coaching, and then you brought a couple, you know, and we started going out for some of the the Nova Scotia trail runner events. You had, you know, sponsored athletes. I'm like, that, what is going on? Like, how is this guy making a living? And it, I think I don't even think by that point I knew you were an engineer. <laughs> <And> I was well, <laughs> and because all we did was was either talking about like I don't know, I think it was just food or or running. Yeah. <laughs> Cool.
1: So that yeah, the crew is is very amazing. And I'm just kind of having a little loop here in in my mind. And we'll put a plug in where we're at and we'll come right back to it. But I'm just feeling like sharing too that again, this is not to um downplay any of the stuff that, that you are going through, because that is some very, very heavy, heavy stuff. I just want to bring this up because I can relate to it on a very small level in the fact that I do feel that I have an addictive personality and it's taken me a while to actually be able to channel that towards something positive. And when I was younger, it was channeled. It was pretty much channeled for me because I was a competitive paddler and I was doing two or three workouts a day. Right. But then you get up into university and I leave that behind and then you start partying and drinking with your friends and doing all this stuff, right? And just when I get a hold of something, I just I just go in head first, full tilt, like all the time. And I got really into into beer for a while. And not that it was extremely unhealthy or whatever. Like maybe I did drink a bit too much, but I got right into like brewing beer and I took that all on, like brewing it from scratch, right from the grains. I grew my own hops. Like I got like <laughs> full in man, full in. But then like that wasn't necessarily like the healthiest habit and the healthiest way to, to channel that. But then also at that time I got, into poker and into cards and I I can get really good at things like when I put my mind to it, right? Like I have that engineering brain. I just need to sit down and read a book and I can figure something out and I can do it good. Right. (laughs) So I got right into poker and I got, yeah, I got pretty into to gambling and playing poker. And I was fortunate enough again to realize that that wasn't necessarily the best use of, of (laughs) my time, but it's, it's I'm just so fortunate that it just didn't reach that that tipping point because like I get into these things so, so hard. And if it just went a little bit further, like you could like just looking back on it and hearing your story, like any one of those things could have taken a very wrong turn. And, yeah. Sure. And fortunately I was able to to find running and just sort of latch onto that. And it's not even just those things. Like, I was full full on into surfing for, for many years too, right? But man, it's just, but yeah, but running, I was fortunate enough to find running and be able to channel that and use that as a catalyst to get into health and wellness and taking care of my body because the running was a barometer of how well I was taking care of myself and it was fostering good habits but i'm just bringing that up because i can see how if i was just unfortunate enough to not make a pivot at any one of those points that that could have yeah taken a bit of a dark turn for sure
0: yeah and and you know what like i kind of use that as a a litmus test now of like what's 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 my intention for doing something, right? Like what's my intention for doing, for going for a run or, or, you know, like gambling, you bring up gambling. Like I got, I know people who are, who, who make a living doing it, right. They, they're not doing it for, they're doing it for that. That's their intent. Right. I did it because I wanted that dopamine hit. I wanted that rush. Right. So, so anything kind of gets that as a, a litmus test, as a, a, as a little test, what's my intention. And there's no doubt, like there was, you know, a couple of years when running just got out of control too. Um, and this certainly bring, you know, part of the the journey as well, where running got way, it just, got, it just took on this whole other level. Right? Whereas, when I first got sober, it was such a, a, a pure experience. It was such a, a beautiful experience of, of growth and, and getting your body healthy and your brain moving and moving healthy again. Um, and then it became like a, a, an exercise. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't go for a run if I was even going from my house to work without timing myself and looking at my intervals and looking at, you know, like it just, it just took on this whole other level. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Now that's that's kind of a litmus test too. When I when I kind of delve too deep into into training, and and it becomes, it kind of takes the purity of the uh, the the act out of out of it for me. I guess it's, yeah. I kind of kind of look at it like that from from a perspective of of what am I doing it for? What am I getting? Is it ego feeding, or is it is it helping me and being beneficial? I love that, man. So how did you come back from getting super
1: obsessed with? checking the splits and being <laughs> all over the the intervals and things. So I think there's a lot of runners out there that, that struggle with that, right? Like you see them just running down the road and every like three seconds, they're checking their garment, wondering like, what's my pace? Like I'm going three seconds per kilometer too slow. Like this is a crappy day. So how, how did you how did you get out of that mind frame, man? Because I think there's a lot of people that could use some wisdom on that
0: well i wish there was wisdom to drop on it but the reality was it was you know that one of the the other beautiful things about running is it has a way of humbling you if if you're not being humble with it um and i got injured like i just i just flattered injured my leg and and all of a sudden this this thing i didn't realize how how foundational it was in my recovery um and i realized my recovery didn't wasn't really built on a strong foundation after all because it was it was built on the fact that I was going out, I guess running just became another addiction for me. And it was certainly a more positive and constructive and healthy one. Um, but it was, it was addictive nonetheless. And, um, so as soon as I took it out of my life, um, you know, my mind was racing. I'm never going to run again. What am I going to do? Oh my God. I didn't realize that, that it was this important. Um, so it had a way of humbling me. So the, the, the short answer to your question is, um, when I, when I got, Physically strong and and was able to run again. I sold my Garmin. I, I you know I I stopped using Strava. I I just, just I just had to to get away from those things. And I appreciate it. Those are they're such great tools. But again, it just comes down to what's the intent, right? Like if if you're training for something, these are these are phenomenal tools to help you achieve your goals. Um, when I use them, it it brings that addictive cycle into my running. So I I I'm I have the beauty of awareness now that that I have that. And so I just have to be conscious of it that when things get out of control, um the value, the value I get from a good from a good run, um, whether it's by myself or with some friends, um, is far outweighs um, you know, a, a PB for me. Um, so so I just I just I look at it now at at from that aspect, you know. I'd rather like I run with some buddies here now. Like I live in Ottawa, obviously. I've moved from Halifax. Um and uh we're still in lockdown. So nothing's open right now. But every Sunday morning, um, I started out a couple months ago with my neighbor. Um, and it's grown to about five or six of us. We started to do some trails in, you know, Gatineau Park and a couple other places around Hall- or Ottawa. And um you know what, there's just so much, I get so much more out of going with a group and, and, you know, some of the guys have have varying um, levels of running. And, and so if we, you know, we did, you know, 16 K a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't until we got home to our our ending point that I realized that two of the guys went, that's the furthest I've ever run. We're just like, ah, that's so cool. Like, I love that, that, you know, that experience. And all of a sudden you can share in that. um, And, uh, You know, just so, so I, I've put those tools aside and, and the reward for me is, is clear in my head, sharing the, sharing my passion that I have for running with other people. And, and I guess just feeding off of, of other people's accomplishments and goals. Awesome, man. Even with, with the athletes
1: that I, that I coach, I try to get them to tune into how they're feeling rather than being obsessed with with pace and with heart rate and things like that. Because it becomes such a more powerful tool to understand how you're actually doing in the moment to be able to realize your potential to be able to push harder or to be able to back off to avoid injury when you're actually in tune with how your body is feeling and you're not always trying to validate that off of a, a number that, that's on your watch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, find when people are actually able to tune into that, it's like a light bulb comes on, right? Yeah, and, it's a whole other level for sure. And there's so much stress that comes out of the equation too. And I do think that those other metrics are really important, especially if you're driven by performance. And we're always we're always digging into that to evaluate how they're doing. But the another the number one metric is how did they rate that effort on a scale of four to 10 and how did that align with the purpose of the workout? Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And those are, they're, they're all great tools. I mean, it's, they, they these things are, are, are created and they're, are, you know, they're used for a reason. Um, if they're used for their kind of pure intent, then, then they're amazing tools. When they're not they're they, they kind of suck the fun out at least for me. Right. and, and, um, I'm someone who um, attaches to emotions and my and thoughts in my head, right? So I can create a a, a world around me that that is not aligned with with reality. Um, and uh, so I think I tend to do that when I'm when I'm you know laser focused on my watch and how far I'm going and how fast I'm going. Um, and uh, and that's that was one of the beauties of trail running, right? That was that that's kind of the next progression when uh, with north end runners was when I realized they also met on Thursdays, you know, um, I'm like, wow, let's, what's, what's this world here, you know, like, um, and so you uh, got introduced in to trail through the, the Timberwolves. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was. And, and again, at the time, like, I don't think people realize it, but it was, it was another night where I, I wasn't sitting at home spinning with my mind or, or, or putting things off. Like it was just another night to get out and all of a sudden we're going out in the trails and, um, that was just such another experience, right? Like it was, it was all of a sudden you're off the roads times meant even less. I loved how we would, we would run a couple kilometers and then the, the, whoever was leading that day would stop and wait for everyone to catch up. And we would go again. Like that was more important. And that, that was just this light bulb moment for me where it was, Oh, wow. This is about, this is about uh, community. This is about connection. This is about, this is about everyone kind of progressing, uh, together. Um, and, and, that was just such a, I think that, that was when I, I fell in love with, with, uh, with trail running for sure. And, and then all of a sudden we started doing, you know, the, some of the bigger, longer events and, and it was, it, it just, again, went aligned with like this, this is so surreal to me where two years ago I could barely get off the couch. And and now here I am with people I've never met before who are so welcoming and, and encouraging and, and we're doing, you know, 50, 60 kilometer races around, around Nova Scotia and the Maritimes. It was just amazing. Awesome. So that's,
1: so I want to give a shout out to, to Greg and Aaron yeah. there at, at the the Timberwolves because they, they do a good job with that. And I hear a lot of really, really good things. Unfortunately for me, Thursdays never really have, have lined up in, in my schedule to make it out to there to do a whole lot with them. I did, was was able to meet up with them for uh, an adventure at Cape Split which I did did enjoy and I wish I could get out with them more but I hear a lot of stories coming out of the the Timber Wolves wolves and how uh, how welcoming that is and how a lot of people do find trail running through them so
0: yeah no no doubt no doubt those those two are awesome very welcoming um Greg always very nonchalant was always like yeah come on out man it's all good cool and in my head, I'm like, "Really, I can come? Like, I'm being invited? Like, it was just this. This, you know, I certainly didn't say it at the time, but that's the way I was feeling in my head. And and um, yeah, it was just that. So it was it was that culture that that really kind of um, you know planted a seed in my head, and, and you know, the bug was I was bitten by the bug, and and uh, certainly certainly got addicted to that. I think what's that's really cool. Way.
1: What's really cool about trail running, trail running too is that vibe carries over onto the the race course because you're not going to spend hours chatting with somebody at, at a road marathon like maybe some people do but most of the time you're running a road marathon you might get a sentence or two out <laughs> uh, with somebody who's, who's running next to you like hey man i'm rick it's like
0: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and you know what some of the like some of the best the best experiences I've had were for on those those Wednesday nights or the the weekends when we get together. But even you know there was like I remember we went to a bunch of people from NER. We went to um, Newfoundland to do the, the East Coast Trail uh, Ultra, um, and I remember that one. We where We were just like we were running in these groups along the the cliffs along the East Coast Trail. Everyone was running in this group again. Like barely knew anyone there. Um, And we're just cracking jokes. We're having fun. And I even remember in that, this was such a, a, you know, there were so many great moments from that day. But I remember one guy, and he was a Halifax guy, I forget who it was. Um, But uh, I remember going like, man, this race is awesome. Yeah, I'm like, this, this, this course is so beautiful. This is going to be a a destination race, like people are going to come for everywhere. And I remember he just looked at me. and Goes, buddy, if you're still calling this a race, you better get up ahead, because you know, and because all they wanted to do was like get outside, be out there, move your body, breathe some fresh air, share a few laughs, and and uh, and just enjoy the trail. And and that to me was this moment. where I'm like, all right, okay, cool. You're right. I've I've found my people. <laughs> and I think that is also again
1: what's so cool about about ultra running, quote unquote. Races, because it for a lot of people it doesn't need to be a, a race. Like a lot of times, like that can be like a safe adventure experience where you just get to go out and and you push your limits. But the only pressure that's being put on yourself is maybe the cutoffs, right? Depending on on what the time allow, allotment is for the race. But you
0: just get to go out there and and do your thing,
1: which yeah, I think is yeah. pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, I, I i can, I can humbly look at me myself now and, and I'm never going to be the fastest. I'm never going to win. I remember reading a book. Um, and it was, uh, it was called CrossFit for endurance, right? It was, it was power, speed and endurance. And, uh, and it was basically a program. This guy had adapted CrossFit training to, to train for endurance athletes, right? The guy named mm-hmm. was Brian McKenzie. And he's phenomenal, phenomenal author and, and, uh, just lots of wisdom. But I remember him writing at the beginning where he's like, "I trained for all these triathlons and ultras, and he's like, My body was falling apart, and for what I was finishing sixtieth instead of eightieth <laughs> and that that kind of resonated with me too, so he was just like, No, so I came up with this this training program where you know it, it's about it's about it's about achieving you know these these kind of physical goals of of endurance and and really pushing yourself and seeing where you can get, where you can go but doing it in a way where you you take care of your body cuz i mean the reality is i'm not going to win but i i certainly want to be running when i'm 85 90 years old if i you know if i'm graced enough to to live that long you know i want to be doing this for a while
1: functional strength and and joint mobility is This is so important, not only in trail and ultra running and running in general, but just for overall enjoyment of life. Mm And kind of like you said, like my my ultimate goal in life is to be able to enjoy the things that I want to do up until like the very last of my days. And the only way that you can do that is that if you are putting investments into that now and taking care of yourself now and setting that future self up for success, right?
0: absolutely right that's that's the way and and that was and again like it kind of to bring it back in recovery talking about running right like i have to look at at everything that way where you know i want to be doing this for a while like why why did i get sober why do i why did i you know why am i putting effort into recovery cuz i want to have relationships with people i want to connect with people i want to you know have have you know next level relationships with my family and friends and my girlfriend and and other runners um I don't want to go out and, you know, I got injured a couple of years ago and I I wasn't able to run for a couple months, man, that was awful because I didn't have that release anymore. I didn't have that, 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 that fundamental thing that I, that I had relied so heavily on. So it wasn't until I took that different approach where, you know, I started really, really training to, to be able to do it for a while, um, for, for longevity and, and just to keep my body healthy. And you're right. Yeah. It's these little things, you know, I never used to stretch, um, another good friend of ours from NER, I was running with Bob one time and, and he was talking about rolling and I go, Yeah, I never roll. And he's like, dude, you gotta roll, you gotta get that. <laughs> you gotta get a roll. You gotta get on that, man. It's like, it's like you're just you're just gonna kill yourself. Um, and uh and so like yeah, it's just these these little tidbits along the run where someone looks at you and goes, Man, you're crazy. You're gonna be doing this, you gotta be doing this for a while. Keep going, get healthy. Yeah, man. There's some there's a
1: lot of wisdom in that crew too. Like another another person that's really good for that in the crew is a uh, is Jana, and mm-hmm. she's right into teaching uh, yoga, and she does classes at at Rio too. Right, like and she's just. I know there's a lot of runners that that benefit from getting in and doing some of those classes with her because she can focus right in on on that functional
0: strength and and mobility. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. You, you nailed it. I mean, the, she's done, she does those, those value added things to, to help expose runners to, to another aspect to, to bring it in their life. And, you know, that, I think that's why like I've run with a couple other groups before and, and tried to do the, the little more kind of hardcore training, but that group always just kind of like, I just love the humility and you bring up, you bring up Jana. I mean, the, her and her husband are just such down to earth people. Right. And then, and then you realize what they do outside of, of the group or for the group as well. And, and, you know, just so welcoming and always so uh, um, just so, yeah, just so down to earth and nice. And that's what I felt was, you know, with, with everyone in that group with certainly yourself included. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it just, that group really, really struck a chord with me and, and it really helped me uh, um, kind of, I guess bust out of my shell a little bit. Nice man. So, is that East Coast Trail adventure? Was that your first ultra? Um, I think I done done the um, the the Wascally, a couple laps of that one. Um, yes, yeah, so that would have been like
1: fifty-five k. I think yeah. is what that adds up to
0: yeah. I think yeah, I think that was probably the furthest. And then I did um, East Coast Trail, and that summer also did the the Fundy the Fundy 50. I think that was the first year that that one happened. And again, it was a lot of people from Halifax that went and did it. Um, And, uh, and yeah, so I think the East coast that that summer was just this amazing experience where, yeah, it didn't, it didn't matter how much I was killing my body. I was just having so much fun with everyone doing it. And uh, yes, we did, you know, that's where I was exposed to the the wascally and, and all the fun events that, that uh, Nova Scotia trail runners and, and Jody and Corinne organized sort of a gun of it was a blast, right. You know, like all these different kind of formats beat to snot. I still love that one. It kind of appeals to that just voluntary suffering aspect that, <laughs> that I think a lot of people kind of crave. I certainly do. Um, I think we are pretty lucky here in in the maritimes
1: we have a lot of events that are just really well organized and i want to shout out to you know jody and corinne at nova scotia trail running is those guys do a top-notch job with all the races that they put on and like i know if there's athletes that are going to do like their first ultra or something like they they can have a sense of comfort that they're going to be walking into a course that's well marked which makes a huge difference and well stocked aid stations and just the whole event just for the most part is relatively seamless and it just makes for such a good experience versus yes. like if you're going into like more of an unknown or a newer race that is not somebody that you're familiar with it can be a little bit of a crapshoot sometimes not that anybody has ill intentions about not having a course that's that's well marked or anything like that but
0: (laughs) yeah it can it can be a little daunting too for someone who's never you know towed the line at anything longer than say you know a half marathon or even a full marathon right like you get in and and all of a sudden you're like what you're we're running how far, you know, like it can be a pretty daunting experience. And, and I think we're, we're really blessed in, in Nova Scotia. And I can say this as someone who's now living in Ontario. Um, we, uh, we are blessed to have that community in Nova Scotia. It's such a welcoming community. Like the, that, that Nova Scotia trail runs when you go to those events, like everyone's just having a blast. I remember I did Waskley Wabbit and I did it. That was the first kind of real event I did. And, um, I remember even the next week I got an email from Jody cause I used to run to work all the time. And I just got an email from Jody. It was like, Hey man, was that you running up on uh up Joseph Howe? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like I, I just, I, you, you might get that here. I'm not going to dog the community here, but like that to me, was just like, wow, here's this guy who organized all the events. And, and he, he recognized me enough to, to give me a little shout out and say hi. And, and uh, yeah, again, it's these little things where, you know, at the time in my life that that meant the world to me i'm like oh christ you know it's, it's just it's amazing to have that kind of you know a connection with everyone so yeah we got a great community in nova scotia there's, there's no doubt about that awesome so
1: how did you decide to take on that first ultra is that just sort of a natural progression like is that just something you kind of heard about like going on these trail runs with the timberwolves and things like you just kind of heard other people are getting into it or how did you like stumble into to ultra running
0: uh it i it feels like a a natural progression like everyone i remember that summer it just seemed like everyone was was taking on these new challenges um and uh and and that just kind of um, picked up a little momentum and and um, people were doing it uh, the waskly and and I like how that format was one two or three laps right so it kind of made it a little more accessible to, to try something beyond just the, the the 20 whatever the one lap is um, so yeah a bunch of people people from there were doing it. I, I can admit too. you know, it was a little bit of an ego feeding uh, proposition as well. Like I remember thinking like, wow, I'm going to run that far. Like, you know, it was, it was, it, it was less about, am I able to push my body and it, uh, a little bit of, you know, like, wow, I can run this distance. I'm going to, you know, so there was that aspect as well. Like, but, uh, but, and I and so, yeah, I just kind of got caught up in that momentum and, and, uh, and it was, it was just this summer of trying new things and, and experiencing new things and connecting with new people. And I, and I was just on that, that pink cloud, man. And it was, and it was just, it just felt natural. So we just went out with everyone. Yeah. Let's circle back again a
1: little bit. And we, we talked about it a a bit at the beginning, but I think during this time and after like North end runners, maybe going out on some deployments. Why don't you tell me a bit about some of these adventures you were able to go on while you were out at sea and I'm, were they, was it a different experience for you? Like going, getting deployed after you found running versus before you found running? Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like the first couple of years, certainly in the Navy, like, um, like I said, a, a port visit was, you know, you tie up lines and, and as soon as they secure everyone, we would, we would just close up and, and start drinking. And that, that's what I did. Right. Um, so I remember the, the last deployment I went on, um, I, I, I was, I had some stable recovery. I was feeling good. And I remember having this plan where the second I would even, you know, get on our, our very slow internet connection when we're out at sea and I would, <laughs> I would find uh you know, I would, I would send a, make a reservation for a rental car. And the second we tied up lines, when I knew everyone else was going to be having a couple drinks, um, I just hopped in a cab and I went and got the, the rental car came back and I just picked up my bag with, you know, a couple water balls and water bottles and, and, uh, trail runners and, and a vest. And I would just find these cool trails. Like it was just so cool. Um, you know the the Montserrat in Spain and, and all these places in Barcelona and and, uh, and Portugal and oh it was just so much fun like everywhere I went and and you, it allows you to plug in the community too right because you know you, you just meet people on the trail you chat with them and and uh, you you get humbled by the experience of people who grew up running on in Crete and the mountains in Crete and you're, you know, <laughs> I'd be exhausted in this lactic burn in my legs and, and I'm barely halfway up and you just see these people just like sprinting by you like an antelope. And, and they would just, but, but the same token, just like everyone here, you know, as soon as you get to a point where everyone stops to take a breath and, and have a drink of water and appreciate the view you're looking out, um, you just start asking them questions and chatting with them about running. It was, it was just so many great experiences I had. So, so yeah, all that to say it was, it was, a. Uh, uh, it was it was a great opportunity not only for me to 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 unplug from that that normal way of of uh you know venting off some steam of, of being at sea for a couple of weeks. Um it also kind of keyed into that that um that desire to to experience adventures and go and try new things and just get on a get on a trail and and explore and play and have some fun.
1: Were you the only guy on the boat going off and doing these adventures or you ever get anyone to
0: tag along with you? Yeah. You know what? That was the other cool part to me because um, I would do that and I would come back with all these cool stories and I would show them some pictures of what I got to see. Um, and I remember the, I remember I did in the first port visit, I think it was, it was somewhere in Spain. Um, and I picked this beach. It was called Playa de Orso. And and it, it was, you had to run down this cliff to get there. And it was this beautiful vista and this beach. And I went back the first day and showed them a bunch of pictures. And by the next day I had the car full, the the car was full of people that were coming with me. So it was, it was cool. And that became like a trend. There was four or five of us every time we went to a port. um, They knew I was getting a car. They knew I had probably looked into a few trails and a few, uh, a few places to check out. and, And I'd usually have a few people coming with me. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. And it was a different experience. Cause again, I just thought I was, um I, I had to question in my head like am I just escaping or am, am I am I just pulling away from that um I you know I like to 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 question my intentions and and my intentions were pure I just love to explore and and that made it cool too that people wanted to come with me and 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 appreciate those those experiences oh, it's, well it's
1: when when there's some positivity around it's contagious right It doesn't take a whole lot for that spark to ignite in somebody else if you come back with these amazing stories and then somebody just clues into the fact that maybe it just might be a little bit more fun. If I'm not getting drunk at the pub, I can go and see some of these epic mountains and come back with some real stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe they go off and they go have a couple of drinks and I didn't, but it didn't matter. Like it was just, it, yeah, it was, it was contagious. People, people caught up and they're like, oh yeah, I want to go try some of these, these, uh, these, these experiences, these tours. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And and that was just like, it just had this whole other uh, dimension. It was, it was the, the, the real reason why I joined the Navy. It wasn't just for, for that, that rewarding career. Um, it was also to, you know, Adventure a bit and see the world and explore and and I'm so grateful that I didn't, you know, I had that opportunity to do it and not just you know go bombing into Barcelona and 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 get drunk for three days, right? Like it was it was just a whole other experience. So, yeah, and and I mean, that's running has brought that. It's given me something to do, and that's what recovery's brought me. It's it's gotten me to the point where I have that 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 awareness and that ability to say like, no, this is this is you have this you have this opportunity i'm grateful for all these opportunities and and to actually take some action on them so i understand
1: mindfulness is another tool that is pretty entrenched in your life right now and it's something that's very valuable for for keeping those those demons at bay to how did you how did you get into
0: to meditation and, and mindfulness um it Actually, the, the, the greatest analog to, to, to bring in running was, was a book I read when I was first getting sober um, called Running with the Mind of Meditation. Um, and it's by a, a, you know, a, a Buddhist leader of, uh, the, of the Shambhala lineage in, in Halifax. Um, and it was, it was learning how to meditate, but using running for a, a... This guy was training for a sub-three-hour marathon at the time. So we kind of used this as an analog. So you're you're learning what meditation is, as you're you're hearing this guy's experience of running, um, and that just had this this whole other you know dimension for for me as I because I was just starting to run at the time. Um, I was trying to I was exploring meditation and and you know the um, the rewards and 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 what that can bring into your life. And uh, so yeah, it was it was cool to to, to listen to to that um, process and, and really train it, you know, the, the way it made sense to me when he talked about, you know, you would, you would never get off the couch one day and go run a marathon. You have to build your muscle up. You have to, to, you know, get your lungs capable of breathing and that for, you know, your heart capable of, of pumping for that long. Um, you would also never sit down and, and, you know, close your eyes and meditate for 30 minutes. And and think you're going to have any kind of benefit from it. You really have to start. You know, you have to run one kilometer, and you have to to meditate for your first minute. Um, and uh, you can't get frustrated if if you you trip up along the way in in either of those those uh, those journeys. So yeah, mindfulness meditation has been it's been huge, and and it's really because of that. You know, as being someone who who connects to all these thoughts and emotions in in my head. Um, meditation has provided that ability to, to, um, disconnect or or detach from them, right? Not attached to everything. Realize that, you know, these thoughts that I, I, I might, you know, think everyone's conspiring around me, you know, they're out to get me. Um, meditations helped me realize that those are just thoughts that pop in your consciousness. Don't, don't, don't attach to them. You know, just let them, you know, kind of fade off like a cloud and the, with the wind taking it away, right? That's just, it's just another thought. Um, and it gets you to the point where you can, you know, you can, uh, uh, you can, you can be fine in your own head. You know, you're not, you're not attaching everything. Um, and I think it's a great analogy for, for running, you know, <laughs> as someone who, who can attach to all those thoughts, you know, when I started running some distance, um, the biggest, the biggest struggle I think I ever had was my own brain. Like it was my own mind, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, this you get these voice going, eh, just, just you're done. You've went far enough, relax. Um, and, uh, and, and just going through these little kind of keys, of that I learned from some of these books I read uh, certainly about running was just like, just slow it all down. Just walk through, check in with every part of your body. Is your, is your head straight up? Is your, your chin up? Are you getting a full breath into your lungs? What are your arms doing? Are you they're They're not pumping hard enough. You can get a little momentum going. And I just check in with each part of my body. And the next thing you know, it's, you know, you've been, it's, it's 10 minutes later and you're, you're no longer thinking about, going home and having a slice of pizza here you're, you're back your head's back in the, your head's back in the game and, and you're ready to, to have some fun so that's what i always i always kind of chat with from some friends when they're asking about keys about running um and i don't think that they expect to hear that kind of <laughs> that kind of advice of of just saying like yeah let's just check in with each part of your body you know because again they, they everyone's in the mindset of you know like how fast should i be going how you know what, what should I do in a training run? Um, you know, should I be doing nasal breathing? I'm like, nah, man, just, just check in with each part of your body and it'll, it'll, you know, you'll get to those points. You'll get to those, those points. Yeah.
1: I love that so much. And I also really find it interesting that the mindfulness came in at the very start of, of your running. And that's the way like my, my philosophy works right now too, is that the one it, like they're so interconnected and with everything that you just said too, like as far as performance and running goes, there's, there's so much of when you're trying to push your body where your mind is trying to pull you back. Mm-hmm. And if you can learn that those thoughts in your head that are telling you that your legs are burning because you're trying to run a fast 5k and it wants you to slow down, that again, that's just a thought. And you can, you can give into it or you can just acknowledge that that's a thought. You can tune back into your breathing, check in with your body, realize that you are okay. And that, yeah, that's just your mind's reaction to, to pain, but that doesn't mean that you're not in a point where you can push through that. And once you start to realize that, like that is huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that to me, like that's when, when running took on this whole other level for me, when you, when you, when you, when you learn to not to detach from those thoughts, when you realize it's just one of the the, the 70,000 thoughts that blaze through your consciousness through the day um, that, yeah, when you're running, your body has that self preservation mechanism going like, listen, man, we don't want to be doing this. This isn't normal. It's not normal to run this far. Just go sit back and relax. Um, so yeah, when you can learn to check in with different parts of your body and and disconnect or detach from those those thoughts, you you realize that there's plenty of gas left in the tank, right? Um, there, there's there's plenty of opportunity to keep pushing. And and it's really for me that was always the biggest hurdle was 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 kind of learning how to and I don't say like mastering your mind or or, or getting in touch with it. It's it's really just learning to ignore it, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> learning to ignore it or, or just realizing that maybe there's always two sides to that story.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes
1: you need to listen a little harder. Like sometimes maybe there's, there's the devil and the angel on your shoulder. And until you realize that the the angel is there telling you that you can keep going, sometimes the devil's voice is just louder. Right? Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> right? and and that's it's a good point, right? Sometimes your body is saying, "All right, listen to me here." Like we, we've yeah. gone arna, but I guess uh, I guess the idea is don't always don't always take the first voice as gospel. You can <laughs> you can really you really you know parse things out and figure out what's what's going on here and how much gas you have left in the tank. One hundred percent,
1: percent. So I think you're into a bit of cold exposure too, right? And I think that that is such a fantastic tool to use to train your mind. And there's a whole skew of other benefits that come along with that, but nothing brings you into the present moment as fast as cold water will, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You can't think about anything else once that cold water hits you. And One being if you're doing like a cold shower or taking a cold plunge, like you first need to overcome those thoughts to do that to yourself. That's like step one. And then step two would be controlling your reaction to it. Like when you, as soon as you immerse in that cold water to not freak out and immediately try to get out of there. So you need to control that initial reaction. And then the third part is being comfortable in the uncomfortable. So you get to do so much of this in such an intense environment, but it's it's also very safe and it's very controlled and it provides this great medium for you to exercise that that muscle. I'm going to bring it back to that analogy that you were saying earlier because it is a muscle and the more that you use it and condition it to respond in these situations the way that you want it to, the more that it's going to work for you outside of that controlled environment right
0: absolutely I think it's it's one of the most like you hit the key on that when you said like the step two part of what you just said when you can when you can get into like cold water even if it's just a cold shower if it's a nice bath or or you know me and my girlfriend go jump in the Ottawa River every now and then like when the first time you can do that where you can like actually relax your body a bit and you're not just like that you know breathing short and and muscles are all shaken and the first time you can actually relax and be like oh okay i i'm going to be fine here you know um, um I, you know just enjoy the experience and and you can breathe and not attach to those thoughts and and then all of a sudden you're yeah there's just so yeah there's those those physiological benefits of uh, of cold water cold exposure but i think there's there's for me again it's always that like I don't know. I, I'm big into like tapping into, to, to your consciousness and and really kind of detaching from those thoughts. And, and yeah, it's such a great exposure. It's such a great way of doing it. Of just like shocking your body. And, and uh, yeah, I heard there's, there's, there was one time me and my girlfriend, we went down in the Ottawa river and, and it was, and it was, it was pretty cold. It was still in the fall, you know, it gets really cold here in Ottawa. And um, we were getting ready to go in and everyone was out on, on Westboro beach and they're looking at us and they're going like, you guys aren't going to, do what we think you're doing are you and we're like yeah we're going in and we're getting all ready to go and we knew we were pretty confident and comfortable going in but we're we're still kind of inching our way in and uh Next thing we know there was this this older woman thick eastern european accent and goes ah oh, great it's good to see some other people who do this and she just bombed in there like it was the middle of summer like it didn't even think twice about it and so that just it just kind of shows you these different like if if you're th- if you're thinking about how cold it's going to be it's it you're going to have that reaction if you just go and and just do it yeah you're, you're going to, you know, your, your body's going to react to your mind or there, the, the two will go in parallel eventually.
1: Yeah, I think there, there's a couple points in that one. I think if you're, you need to be mentally prepared for, for what's ahead, just like with, with running, like the more that you can visualize and in this case, prepare, like, you, you know, when you get in there, it's going to be cold. But you can also visualize once you've done it a couple of times how it's going to feel and then prepare yourself to or train that reaction so you, you know what to expect and
0: you can plan how you're going to react in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I like that, that day that it just popped into my head when we we're chatting because it was, it was almost like you had the three reactions or the three possible uh, courses of action there in one experience. right? Exactly. This yeah. woman who wasn't even thinking twice. who was just like, boom, going. There was me and my girlfriend who, were, who knew it was going to be cold, but we're like, we're going to do it. We can calm our breathing. We can calm our body. And then there was the people on the beach who were like, you're all whacked. We're staying out here. We're safe. <laughs> you know, we can stay safe. <laughs> yeah. I got right into, um,
1: and I still am right into them, but uh, Nordic Spas. Like, I love the, that hot, cold contrast. Mm-hmm. And I find like taking a couple hours to to do that on like a, a day where you're really intentional with that, like you can get really, really deep into that mindfulness practice. And if you're using that the, the hot and cold as uh, the tools to become more aware of how your body is feeling and then just you go and hit the relax
0: reset button in between your cycles – man it's good <laughs> oh yeah yeah and i think you nailed it too like it is another tool right it it's not like you know cold cold therapy or the the hot and cold kind of transition it's not like that holds a monopoly on on allowing you to to kind of tap into these thoughts it's just another way to do it and it's it's a really cool and effective and fun way and and um when you when you kind of delve into that world um of just wanting to 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 do that with your mind and your body um, you realize that there's just so many things out there. It's just fun to start exploring. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's just like any gonna gotta be open to new experiences, right? And yeah. Be willing to give a couple of things a try. And yeah. Maybe maybe something's not for you, but that's okay.
0: That that to me was always like right there was was what I got more out of out of running and certainly anything kind of fitness related, where again, I'm I'm not the most competitive guy in the world. Like I'm not going to be the fastest. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, that's not even my intent. I get so much more now out of, out of just trying new things, you know, and just sucking at it. And, (laughs) and, and, you know, like, like me and my girlfriend, we, we went, uh, we went rock climbing uh, a little while ago and you know, I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm feeling pretty fit, you know, like I do a lot of CrossFit, a lot of running and, you know, I'm, I'm feeling stronger and healthier than I have, um, really in my whole life, which is great. And then all of a sudden I got on a rock wall and my fingers are burning. I couldn't, you know, I'm reaching for these things to pull myself up. And it just has this humbling way of going like, yeah, you, you thought you were, you thought you were good here, didn't you? I had the same experience
1: with rock climbing and I guess it is really refreshing to show up and suck at something and be a complete noob but you're there's such an intense curiosity like when you start to understand what you you need to do and you start to see that progression again like the same as you're getting better at at running but that curiosity spark is really fun to get that lit really
0: hard on something new again right yeah and and that was again i think really something that that certainly recovery brought for me because there was a time in my life when the thought of, of sucking at something in front of anyone, um, that caused enough fear to not even bother trying, right? Like it, it just, it, it either caused me to not do it or be judgmental of it or, or, you know, um, uh, be critical of it and not engage with it, um, and and now it's just like the complete inverse where where now i just i just love going out and trying new things and exposing myself to new things and you know and sucking at it and 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 going like oh and that humbling feeling of 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 just like thinking you're one space trying something new sucking at it and then but being willing to go back and keep trying and keep trying and 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 all of a sudden you realize how much how much you know, the, how much it can give you hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm going to take a big
1: pivot here and <laughs> I want to talk about fermented foods just because I know that you're <laughs> yeah. totally into them and I'm pretty sure that you're the one that exposed them to me on a, on a bigger level. Like I think around that time, Amanda was into reading some books like the like some of Michael Pollan's books, like the Omnivores Dilemma. And there was another one out there It might have been cooked or something like that. But there was there was one that walked you through a bunch of different forms that, that your food could take and fermented foods was one of them. But you introduced me to B. Kavas. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. That stuff is is the best, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and here I am right now. I'm drinking my my kefir, so I got water kefir going on here. We're we're tangerine flavored today. It's delicious, but it's super easy to make, right? It's literally just water and sugar, and you have this culture that
0: lives in it, and it's super super easy to make. Yeah, it's it. You know that again. It was it was part of part of my recovery. Where all of a sudden I, I you know I was I was taking care of my body and I was getting healthy, and I started eating right. Um, and, uh, we have a great program through work where they'll pay for your education as long as you're willing to do it on your own time and, and it benefits the, the Canadian forces. And, um, and I, I, I got a chance to do this course in holistic nutrition and it was great, man. It was so much fun. We learned so much, but the thing that, that just stuck to me was, was fermenting foods and preserving foods. And it was just so much fun. Cause it was like, it took weeks to do, you, you know? it was this chemistry experiment where this, everything was alive and you, if you did it right and you make all these mistakes, like I remember I used to have all these, like the first time I tried to make sauerkraut one day, I didn't, I didn't burp it. You know, you're supposed to crack the can of the the top of the Mason jar a little bit. And one day I forgot. And I came home from work and I had this like sour cabbage pipe bomb that went off (laughs) in my cupboard and the whole thing just reeked. It was hilarious. And, and, uh, um, but yeah, it was just something I got to do. Beat Cavasto. I remember that day we were going for a run and I was telling you about it because that was one of those cool ones where. Um, and I guess for everyone listening who don't know what beet kvass is, it's just this like fermented beet drink. And it's, and it sounds so vile, but I remember, I remember the first time I made it, I, I put it up on the, you know, I had it for a couple of weeks and I was burping it and it was starting to get fizzy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it. And I took the, co- the, t- the, the top of the mason jar off and it took a big swig and it just, it straight up tasted like like someone had left beets in a glass of water. Like it was just, there was no, nothing good. And this is what really made me fall in love with uh, fermenting because I left it there for another week and something happened. Something happened in that week where I took it off the next time and it was just this like carbonated, sweet, delicious drink. And I remember drinking it and feeling alive, like, <laughs> you know, just feeling so good. And uh, yeah, I remember that day we were chatting about it and I was. T- telling you about it it was it was it's such a fun experience
1: and for the runners that uh, are into the performance boost like the beats are really good for pumping up those red blood cells in the morning right give you more oxygen intake if you yeah shoot that in like 15
0: 20 minutes before you go for your run yeah
1: there you go i remember
0: on the last deployment i went on even to to talk about this like all the guys remember in my department they were all everyone's working out a lot right and i remember the guys used to take pre-workout and they used to love because I'd come by, I'd see them taking the pre-workout, and I had this big uh, bag of of dehydrated beets. I'm like, guys, put that down. Just try this stuff. I'm telling you, it's it's, it's, it's mind blowing. You're gonna get so much more, so much more out of it because like that stuff you take in, it's just like. It's like,
1: oh, Andrew, you're, back, you're man. crazy, man. What do you mean I don't need I don't need a pre-workout powder? You want me to eat dehydrated beets? Like you're crazy. Yeah, I know.
0: Man. You're crazy. <laughs> the second you try it, you're like, I remember one guy, one of the senior guys in the department came back the next day. He's like, man yeah i felt that felt pretty good like i didn't get that like jittery feeling from pre-workout i got this like you know my blood vessels were wide open and my heart was pumping strong and i could lift and and it was yeah it was fun so, so yeah, yeah that, that's part of the whole experience of like really appreciating and understanding food and, and what it can do to you right like how how it can be used as fuel like yeah michael Pollan's books are great like he was a huge proponent of that um yeah, yeah. And I got my my sa- my sauerkraut, my latest
1: batch is out there on the on the counter right now. I have sort of a loose fitting lid and this 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 batch is is fermenting fairly intensely, so it's like <laughs> bubbling out all over the counter right now
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i nice. yeah, <I've>, got <laughs> some to new sure. tools too i got some new tools where i don't have to burp it as much anymore you got yeah. ones that like kind of let off the the they exhaust themselves a little bit but yeah, yeah and was- um one of my friends today actually just dropped me off
1: a bunch of uh, korean red pepper flakes so i'm um, all set
0: up now to make my kimchi I've been wanting nice. to make that for a while now, and I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so good. Eh? It's so good when you just have it in the fridge, and you can like, you just take a spoonful every day. And and again, yeah, like, I've been putting you're... sauerkraut on everything. It's so yeah. good. Oh, it's so good. Absolutely. And he, you think about it. You like people take all those. You know, they go out and buy you know, the probiotic pills and stuff like that. I'm like, here you can take this, like, once you learn how to do it, you can take this delicious jar that now you just leave in the fridge and a spoonful of that every day. And it tastes delicious. It's all that, that natural probiotic benefits and just delicious. Yeah.
1: And if you're fermenting some, some different foods, like I'm sure there, I've, I've used probiotics before, and I'm sure there's people with, with digestive issues and things like I'm, I'm not all, Naturopathic doctor or anything like that, but in like my experience or whatever, like I think if you're fermenting and you've got a bunch of different foods and different like probiotic drinks on the go, and you're getting a mix of of cultures, that's, that's probably fairly good for you as well instead of just having like just, just doing the kvass all the time. Like if you have the kvass and then you got the sauerkraut and you got the pickles and the beans and you got a good mix of things and that makes for a pretty happy gut.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The way I look at it is, is, you know, I look at it like that, that's, it's, it, it happens naturally, right? It might be in a prescribed environment where you're creating it, but it's, it's all natural, um, so you're getting it in the right ratios that, that are, that you're meant to be exposed to, to it. And, and, you know, yeah, like you said, you're getting all those different, different cultures into your, into your body. So awesome. Yeah. man! I yeah. Love it. Yeah. It was so much fun. I haven't done it in a while. Actually. I keep telling my girlfriend about this. Uh, you ever done honey and garlic? You just fill up a jar with, with garlic cloves and you dump like unpasteurized honey on it. And you can leave that there for like six months and it just all of a sudden that honey becomes like water and it takes on the flavor of the garlic and you just make wicked dressings like little salad oh, dressings. But it. then, oh, it's so good. I might have to try that. I
1: haven't tried. I, you told me about that one before and I forgot about it.
0: Yeah, I'll send that one to you for sure. That's, and we, maybe we can put it up for everyone because that's, it's super simple. Like that's a great introduction to fermenting foods. You just leave it on the counter. You don't even have to burp that one. That, was, that one's nice and easy. Nice. Nice. All right, so
1: the last thing I want to talk to you about kind of brings all of this together, and it's your your latest venture that that you're on so you you've been in the Navy now. what have you been doing that for? How many years now you've been doing that?
0: Uh, about twelve years now about twelve years
1: mm-hmm. and you're you're on this new path now you're you're reconnecting with yourself you're going out and you're having all these adventures you're really focused on health and wellness and taking care of yourself and you're bringing that all together and you are founding this new company that is all about sharing that with, with everybody and making that more accessible. So why don't you tell me a bit about that?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's spawned from just the, you know, really wanted to take a look at my life and and what do I want to do with my life? What, how can, how can I contribute a little bit back? And, and looking back on my recovery, I look at all those periods of growth that I've had. They've all happened outside. They've all happened in nature. They've all happened with, with me moving my body and, uh, and getting healthy. So the idea for, yeah, the adventure fitness cooperative came from, it really came out during COVID where it kind of became like a reality, right? Where, Everyone was just kind of like forced inside, right? Everyone's everyone's stuck inside, and as soon as you're 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 pulled away from from connecting with other people and connecting with nature, you realize how important it is. Um, and uh, so, yeah, this this concept for uh, the Adventure Fitness Co-op was was meant to to kind of bring it together. Anyone who's really kind of you know maybe feeling stuck in a rut, wanting to take some ownership of their 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 health, their life, and they just don't know where to start, right? And and that's really where I bring it back to my my starting point in recovery. I didn't know where to go, I just knew that I had to move, I had to connect, I had to be outside. Um, so the concept is to to create this environment that that it exposes people to new adventures and 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 really kind of keys into that that real childhood need to want to play and just explore and have fun and and not be fettered with all the 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 self-consciousness of, of of you know I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know where to go. We take that away, right? And it's not just about showing up and trying something new, it's about working together for for a, a period of time and preparing you physically, mentally, um, uh, emotionally, spiritually getting you ready for, for those environments. So yeah, the adventure fitness co-op is about exposing people to, to new challenges. And, um, and it really also is about bringing the the providers together because I kind of keyed on this too, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the fastest runner. I'm not the best runner. Um, but I really like to, to help people, um, along a journey. So it's about, bringing people like yourself in who are, are running coaches and really experienced and talented and know how to to, to bring that to people. Um, guides who are rock climbers and and surfers and just bringing the right people to to bring that environment to, to people who are stuck in a rut looking for an adventure. I think, like you said, I think you nailed it, man. I
1: think there's a lot of need for that right now. And I think there's a lot of room in that space. And I think there's so many people that are hungry for that and just, like you said, don't know where to start or don't know if it's quite for them, but they know that they need to to do something and they need, they need to make a change and just rolling out that welcome mat and saying, yeah, I, I can help you and you can experience that shift that you're looking for through adventure and, and play. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know of, um, of Mike Hudson, and I actually just remembered this um, this uh, connection, and I didn't remember to bring it up before when we were when we were chatting. But it's a little similar to what he's doing. Have you heard of what he's up to? The the Adventure no. Therapy Project. No. Okay, so oh, I'm, I'm blanking on on where he's at like what the location of where he's at. I think it's like out towards Oxford. I'm going to mess that up, but he's out in, in that direction. And I think you need to connect with him because he's doing some pretty cool stuff. A lot of his stuff is based around using adventure and working with kids in the community. And he got started with the, with the schools. And he was taking kids out for walks in the woods, and then coming back, and the teachers just couldn't believe how much more behaved these troubled kids were in their class, right? Just because they got out for a walk and spent some time with him in the woods. And it was just amazing. And then he's like, "I think we're on something here." And now it's this like bigger community movement, and he's gained quite a bit of traction with it in the community. And like, even like the mayor of the town has sent him like a certificate for his contribution during like COVID and helping with the mental health of the community. So it's pretty cool, man. And it's powerful, powerful stuff.
0: Yeah. And it, it this actually it, it's, I've been working with a, a girl I, I connected with who's in LA and she's doing something very similar. Um, and, uh, and it sounds very similar to that, right? Like it's it just, it's, it's it's helping people kind of nudge them along to expose them to the things that either they, they, they don't know exist. And, and it's, I mean, yeah, it's as a kid who was, who was never kind of comfortable doing that stuff. As soon as I went outside um, and soon as you go for a hike or you go for a run or you do something, you realize that, that that you realize all the things that are out there and how beneficial it is. So yeah, yeah, as I get this thing going, it's, it's really, um, and we're going to be doing it this summer, you know, we're going to be bringing on some partners and, and figuring out, uh, you know, build, build an adventure, right. Build uh build an opportunity. So get people together for a couple of weeks, get them ready, expose them to what they're going to need to do. Try some new things, have a lot of fun doing it. And then, uh, and then let them loose on the outdoors and, and have an epic adventure together. I love it, man.
1: I love it. I can't, I I'm also, I got to mention, uh, lori curry too you know lori right yeah 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 spencer's island yeah so he's just recently started up um local guy adventures down in in spencer's island and he's also trying to to share like off the beaten path adventures with people in in spencer's island and lori is also pretty big on this using adventure for for mental health i remember we were down there one day sitting on the beach and. He was telling me, I don't remember with who it was specifically about, but there was somebody that was dealing with a lot of anxiety. And what he got them to do actually was just go and walk down the beach and hunt for for sea glass. And they would just do this for, for hours and come back and just talk about how much better they felt because they were able just to get out and do some, something as simple as going to hunt for, for sea glass was just the cure that they were looking for,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's the little things, right? We always think that, uh, you know, yeah. where's where's the where's the emergency pill? Where's the 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 person I got to do? Sometimes just just go for a walk and and have someone there who's willing to to listen is yeah is all is all you need. I'm feeling very very hopeful
1: that there's a lot more of this is popping up right now. And like I said, I think there's a lot of lot of space for this, and I think there's a lot of need for it, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for. For different ways and different modalities to to bring that to the the population, and like different ways are going to resonate with with different people, and I think that that what you're up to is going to be a big hit, man.
0: I'm looking forward to to seeing where this goes. Well, thanks a lot, Rick. I appreciate the opportunity to well, to share my story with everyone a little bit. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, there's someone who got something from it um you'll put my contact up i know you mentioned that and and uh i'd love it if anyone wanted to reach out to talk about some adventures or if you know if if you know of anyone who's who's struggling or you're struggling yourself i'm uh you know people the people were always there for me when i needed it and, and the, the idea is to return that so if anyone out there is listening and wants to, to chat i'm more than available
1: Yes, why don't you just share right now where, where can people find you if they're if they're digging on what you've said here today or they want to touch out, uh, reach out with, with anything.
0: Yeah, for sure. Actually, yeah, I, I gotta get better at just even promoting the, the business side of the world. But uh, so it's the Adventure Fitness Co-op. The, the the website is adventurefitnesscoop.com. Um getting a you know an opportunity sign up there. You can put your email. Um, you know, we'll we'll get in touch with people as we as these concepts and, and the first cycle um, develops, And we want to hear from people. What are they looking for? You know, uh, we're, we're going to build this, this you know, this epic adventure to share along. Instagram, Adventure Fitness Co-op. Um, you can get my contact there um, as well. So, yeah, sign up, follow along the journey. We look forward to hearing from anyone. Um, but I, I, I would be remiss if I did say as well, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to, to showcase the business. I, I It's a very exciting part of my life to really develop it. Um, but first and foremost, you know, this, this really, this discussion came from a discussion about recovery and, and how much fitness and running and community, uh, really saved my life. And, and I really do want to make sure that everyone knows if, if there's anyone out there who needs to talk and, you know, there's so many resources out there. I am certainly one of them, um, through any of those means as well. If you just want to, uh, you know, chat and, and about, about the opportunities and about recovery, I'm more than available for that as well, but if not, I look forward to sharing more with everyone as uh, as this develops and and in due time. And I look forward to seeing you all in uh, in Halifax again soon. I think I think we did it. I think that's a pretty
1: good good point to to wrap things up. But um, before I let you go, I really like to end the show with just a couple of questions, just to leave people with, with a little bit of, of wisdom, a little bit of more direct insights on some of the, some of the things that we've been chatting about here today. Um, so are you ready? I'm just going to fire away.
0: Quick hitters. I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: All right. All right. So what's the biggest piece of advice that you have for somebody that might be struggling with, with a bit of darkness right now? And they're not really able to see the light and they're kind of feeling like they might be stuck there. They're kind of feeling like they might be feeling this way forever. Um, So what can you say to this person that can give them a little bit of insight into letting them know that they, they can do something to to change their
0: circumstances, share it, get it off your chest. You know, the, The second you, the second you get it out of your head, you disarm it, right? You bring someone else in and you realize, uh, you realize how much is out there and it's the hardest thing to do when you're, when you're in that, that position. Um, It really is, you know, but, uh, but it's also, it's the hardest for a reason because it is the right thing to do. So share it, just get it off your chest. Talk to someone. Um, Yeah.
1: Awesome, Andrew. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you being open and sharing your story. And like you said, if anybody wants to be in the know about what's coming down the pipeline with that, then definitely go and, and take him up on the, the offer to sign up for his newsletters and everything that's coming up. And to also have like the opportunity, like he said, to uh, to help him grow it and understand what you guys want. So yeah, go and hit him up and sign up for, for that email.
0: Well, as always, Rick here. You're very easy to talk to, so I appreciate the opportunity. I truly enjoyed catching
1: up with Andrew. I hope this conversation landed well for you. I know at times it got pretty heavy, but I truly do believe that sharing stories like Andrew's is so important. If you enjoyed the show and you want to show your support, the best thing that you can do is subscribe and leave a review. If you've already done that, then it would mean so much to me if you share this episode with your friends on social media. I love seeing posts or getting tagged in people's stories. It's really awesome. I really need your help to grow the show in order to make this sustainable so I can keep bringing you conversations with real runners in our community who are out there doing amazing things. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time.